0: This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of 91. The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. In South Africa, 91 is an authorized financial services provider. The South African supplementary budget has just been delivered. With me to discuss it is Nazmira Muller, who's the head of SA Investments at 91 in Cape Town. And joining us is her colleague, Peter Kent, co-head of SA and Africa Fixed Income, also at 91 in Cape Town. Nazmira, I sort of dubbed this not the supplementary budget. I thought, thought of maybe it's the emergency budget or the interim budget. Or oh, the survival budget, but then I came up with the loaves and fishes budget. How was it? because some people were saying it was going to be sobering but not surprising, other people saying it was going to be shocking what What actually transpired this afternoon?
1: Good evening, Lindsay. I think Tito has set out a plan. So, he's done two things with this. Firstly, he's laid out the impact of COVID on revenues, which is quite horrific, over 300 billion rands in lost revenue relative to the expectations in February for the current fiscal year. Um, The other is... Allocating the money for increased expenditure, a lot of that, the vast majority is coming from the reallocation of spending within the budget, so even within departments taking money that the health department was spending elsewhere, reallocating it to um, expenses that have cropped up as a result of COVID. But the other part of it, which is more important to me in some ways, is um, the plan that they have laid out. If there is an, they call it the active plan. If the government actively makes decisions, versus the passive plan. Under the passive plan, on the current trajectory of expenditure, um, government debt to GDP is over 100% of GDP. Within three years, it very quickly becomes unaffordable. Under the passive plan, we stabilise our debt to GDP by um, the year 2023-2024, which is three years away. So it's it's a very different result um, if we take the active plan and so far there seems to be cabinet buy-in for that active plan. Well,
0: that's very good if you've got a cabinet buy-in that's a, a step in the right direction compared to previous budgets and previous policies. Peach I'm just looking at the uh, the, the 10-year bonds. I'm looking at the market reaction. Uh, the RAND didn't react very well, uh, but the, the the bond market has done very well. It, it closed, at, I think, at something like uh, with a yield of 9.33 or 9.34 last night. It's suddenly 20 basis points better. People seem to like this.
2: Yeah, Lindsay, I think, you know, that's the thing with markets. Um, as Nasmira has painted, the numbers are pretty bad. You know, there's make no mistake about it. Our Fiskers is in trouble. Um, but the bond market rallied on the back of it. and and, and what I would describe that to is that there was there was some leaks over the weekend of those hippopotamus jaws. you know, the finance minister tweeted about it. um, you know, the press wrote about how our debt to GDP is spiraling spiraling out of control. And that was the passive plan um that the finance minister showed today. So what happened today was we saw a few things. First of all, there was this active plan, which, you know, we know in South Africa, we're very good at pa- plans, yes. but we're pretty poor at following up on them. But I think that cabinet point is a very good point. It was made clear in the in the documentation that it has the buy-in of cabinet, So I think that's a good start. Then the bond market going into this was, was was quite fearful. We were worried that the wage bill from February was going to inflate even more. That didn't happen. We were worried that there was going to be more sloppy sort of allocations to SOEs. That didn't happen in any sort of material fashion. So the government's ability to negotiate with labor unions um, is strengthened by the fact that they're not wasting money elsewhere. Um, And very importantly for the bond market is, you know, we've been swamped with issuance. So this deficit has to be funded. And up to now, the domestic bond market has been the main source of funding. Um, And there was a commitment in there, or there was not a commitment, but the plan is not to increase issuance greater than the current pace. Issuance is going to be plugged by international finance institutions. It's going to be plugged by drawing down on some cash balances at the Reserve Bank. It's going to be plugged by issuing T-bills. So as a result of that, the bond market actually was relieved Today, It wasn't impressed. It was relieved. And for us, from an investment perspective, you know, the bond market seems to be the best place to get income in South Africa at the moment, certainly versus inflation. And today's budget has made us a little bit more comfortable that that income is, you know, a better place to be than other sources of income in South Africa, given this plan.
0: Yes, it certainly looks like it. Looking at my screen, the Rand, as I said, not quite as enthusiastic, but the bond traders, and they, they tend to be the ones that know what's going on, seem to be very enthusiastic. Uh, Nazmiro, you've, you've given us the, the, the banner headlines. Anything beneath the banner headlines that caught your eye? Any uh, little nuggets that came out of the mouth of Tito and buweni today?
1: Well, I think what Tito is talking about is in addition to the 160 billion Rand decrease in the projected wage bill that they had already announced in February over the next three years, they're looking for a further 230 billion Rand in revenue cuts next year. And I mean, not sorry, not revenue cuts. Uh, 230 billion Rand in expenditure cuts mm. over the next year and the following year. And I think the key question is going to be where does that come from? Because on the back of the envelope calculation, previously, what we've always said is all we need to see happening is for expenditure growth to be in line with the GDP deflator. Now we're in a situation where we actually are going to have to see some cuts next year. So if all of these cuts come out of the wage bull, um, we actually have to see wages go backwards by 10% next year, which, given what's happened in the private sector for many companies, is not implausible, but would be unheard of in the public sector.
0: Peter, just going back to that bond market, do you think this is local buying? Do you think this is knee-jerk uh, speculation or do you think that this is a genuine buying and people are, as Nazmira said, or you said rather, a, a relief that this wasn't the shocking budget that certain commentators were predicting? In fact, I was one of them. I said it could be a, a shocking budget, as I said, the loaves and fishes budget. Uh, so do you think it's broad-based buying or this is,
2: as I said, a knee-jerk reaction? Sure. Um, I'd like to think that the bond market is slightly more discerning than knee-jerk, but I think it's a fair question. I would say it's genuine. I mean, what we've seen over the last few days is we've seen support from, um, you know, serious sort of international and local uh, investors. You know, there's been reported support across uh, the various platforms. And I think today that 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 flow is along those lines. I think it's also a very important question because in the February budget, the February budget surprised positively and the bond market reacted exactly like this on the day. And then the full scale of COVID started to be realized over the next week and the bond market sort of reversed to the tune of 200 basis points. I think South Africa remains vulnerable to external events. You know, the bond um, global markets have run exceptionally hard over the last month or so. So the bond market and sentiment uh, remains vulnerable to, you know, what's happening globally. But I think, you know, given the amount of fear that was in the market, I would say that it's a genuine move. It's certainly a move that I, I agree with and I think is warranted. But given the state of our fiscus, we are very susceptible to global events. So from a portfolio perspective, we don't just sort of naively sit in government bonds we like to use techniques depending on whether we can go offshore locally to make it a little bit more defensive and be cognizant of the of the very real risks that exist both locally and externally.
0: Nesmira, are you soothed by what you heard this afternoon? I mean, from my point of view, I like the fact that the South African government and the Treasury has been so proactive in order to even think about a survival budget or a supplementary budget, rather, let's call it that. And I think that's a step in the right direction. The cabinet story, in other words, the cabinet is behind it, is also a very, very positive sign. But can it be initiated, given what Peter's just said, because we are are, we are vulnerable to external shocks but my first the first part of my question was are you soothed
1: <laughs> <laughs> am i soothed it's like asking pete if um, the bond market is for discerning people we're talking our book here to some extent <laughs> um i think there was some um regulatory and legal requirements for them to actually table a budget to deal with the increased spending so they had to do it but what they could have done was just done that that would have been the worst case It's just dealt with the spending and given us no visibility on what happens over the next few years. And we could have joined the dots and ended up with their passive scenario as our base case. What has soothed me is the fact that there does seem to be a real attempt to grip the situation, to be proactive, um, because if we don't do it now, we are going to land up with a situation in a few years' time where we are going to um, not be asking the IMF for some short-term supplementary financing. We're going to need a major debt bailout. And what I think Minister um, Titambuini has done today is taken a very significant step to avert that, and I find that very soothing to use your word
0: yes yeah, so I, I, it really is it's, it's reassuring uh, it may rear its ugly head again in the future but yeah I hope not uh, it, it's been a good afternoon so far I think Peter you'll sit down with your team tomorrow will there be any any tweaks any changes any policy changes when it comes to portfolio construction or exposure is there anything that changes your path
2: yeah Lindsay so we going into this budget you know we realized that there was quite a few risks. I mean, the way we summarized it going in, we thought the probability of the market being positively surprised was higher than a negative surprise, but we thought the market impact of a negative surprise could be quite large. You know, you could have revisited the March chaos in the bond market. So, we were quite conservative going in. As a team, we've already met. We've already discussed the numbers. We feel, we feel confident that, as I mentioned, South African government bonds are a good place to get income. But we don't do that, as I mentioned, we don't do that sort of on a naked basis. We do think about the portfolio implications. We do when we can go offshore, we look to go offshore. But if we go locally, we sort of supplement it with inflation-linked bonds or we we buy shorter-dated bonds, those kinds of things. Those are the tools that you can use to make it a decent sort of risk budget. But from our perspective, yeah, we think that South African government bonds at the valuations where they are, with inflation doing what it's doing, with the Reserve Bank likely cutting rates again, We think that they're a good place to hide amongst this economic chaos, providing you do it in a risk-appropriate, risk-adjusted way.
0: Very good. Final words from you, please, Nasmira. Can all this be initiated or is it just, oh, thank goodness I got that out the way and everyone seems to be happy and now we can just go back to what we normally do? In other words, have a lovely meeting and then nothing happens. There's no follow-up. Do you think there's going to be follow-up this time? Can it be initiated?
1: I think it's possible. And I think there's a reasonably high likelihood. We've heard um, a reasonable amount of coordination between the Minister of Finance, the President and the Governor of the Reserve Bank over the course of the last week in the various addresses they've made dealing with the severity of the situation and what needs to be done. And, Lindsay, I also think it's important to remember that over the last decade of disappointments on the growth and budget side, the main source of disappointment has been revenues. Growth has been much weaker than expected. Revenues have been weaker than expected. The only times when expenditure has disappointed has been for two extraordinary circumstances. The first was um, free higher education, which happened around the ANC elective conference, and the second was ESCIMP. So I think the government has historically shown a reasonable ability to meet expenditure targets on the normal course of doing business. And therefore, I'm reasonably optimistic this is achievable.
0: Very good indeed. Nasmira, thank you very much for your time. Nasmira Muller is the head of SA Investments at 91 in Cape Town. And joining her today was Peter Kent, the co-head of SA in Africa Fixed Income.